For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. Listen up, Ohio, because this is a test from Pepsi. If you call Seabus Seatown, you're not from Ohio. If you don't know the Blue Jackets actually have a fifth line, you're not from Ohio. And if you don't know what to say when someone yells OH, you're not from Ohio. We know this because at Pepsi, we are from Ohio. In fact, we bottle ice-cold Pepsi right here in Seabus. So when you're thirsty for something that says you're from here and proud of it, grab a Pepsi. And say here's to OHIO, where Pepsi and life are oh so refreshing. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to another Monday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante, and we are here to bring you a DJ LeMayhew special edition. Uh, LeMay is annoyed with the current slow play of the free agency process and has given his agent the right to re-engage with other interested teams all the way down the line to the Atlanta Braves and Boston Red Sox, whose interest must have barely registered months ago. Either LeMayhew said that or his agent said that, and we'll leave that up to you to decide. Folks, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do get your podcasts. Make sure to drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question, and we will be happy to answer it as long as it isn't for clarity on this DJ LeMayhew process because we are just as bothered as the rest of you. And yes, we are mad at everyone. This is a podcast where we are going to be annoyed at, at both sides. Uh, it's, it can be annoying to both sides issues these days, but rest assured, some blame lands with DJ and his agent, some blame lands with the Yankees, and at a certain point, you just have to come to an agreement. Thomas, uh, welcome to the pod. What's going on? You're mad at uh, you're mad at the whole family here, right? Everybody. Uh, and without further ado, we have Hal Steinbrenner and DJ here. Crossfire edition. Go at it, guys. Just kidding. We'll the never floor is yours. <laughs> uh, mad at everybody. Uh, I felt this way kind of since the beginning because we knew the Yankees would make this difficult. Look, this is already the most difficult offseason we're probably going to see perhaps in our lifetime, unless there's a, uh, another world war and people are diving into service and we're not having any baseball. Uh, but this to me feels like it's going to be probably the worst off season in terms of negotiating, in terms of pace, um, in terms of confusion that we're ever going to see um, and leave it to the Yankees to make it more difficult. Uh, and I guess leave it to DJ LeMahieu's agents who apparently think they're Scott Boris now. Um, and it's frustrating because look, we got a we get we have a rumored contract offer. We don't know how true any of this is, but if we're looking at the numbers and there is a and if there is a contract offer on the table for four years and eighty four million dollars, and that's ostensibly the highest offer that Lemayhu has in hand, and it's from the Yankees, and he doesn't want that simply because he wants a fifth year and twenty six more million dollars, then I don't really know what the. 
I don't, I, what are the Yankees supposed to do? Just say, yeah, well, uh, yeah, we have the largest offer and we'll just, we'll just up that by another year and 20 plus million dollars. That that's fine. At the end of the day, could they do it? Yeah. Should they do it? Yeah. They could probably offer them $125 million and everything will be fine. It's the New York Yankees, not really an issue. We know that they're overly concerned with the luxury tax threshold. I don't care about that. Most people shouldn't care about that. It's a few million dollars. It's not going to matter at the end of the day, but the Yankees have other needs. They have starting pitching to worry about. They need another outfielder. They need another contact bat. They need some insurance up the middle if so things don't work out. So maybe a catcher. Who knows? We still don't know. They've done nothing. They've signed Tyler Lyons and Cooley's Chassin. We, we, we don't know what, what else they're planning or what they're thinking of, but we know that there are other moves that need to be made if this team wants to take their World Series contender status seriously. So why would they be negotiating against themselves to give a person more money simply because he wants it more? I think $21 million a year for DJ is totally fair. I think that if there's a hang up for this long, we should just be giving a vesting option for a fifth, have the, uh, have the buyout be between six and $8 million and call it a day. Then you're looking at the Josh Donaldson. Supposedly he wanted something either Josh Donaldson, which was four for 92 or uh, JD Martinez, which was five for one ten. Uh, totally understandable, but this is a different market. Um, players growing frustrated with the status of the market right now. It feels like, feels like, you know, being, being tone deaf in, in my opinion, once again, not siding with the billionaire teams, but to think that anybody's going to get market value for what they're worth any other off season. Do you think Blake Snell or you Darvish get traded for what they got traded for? No teams are taking losses there because they're selling off debt and they're they're shedding money off the payroll and they're taking less in return in trades for it so underdog fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app draft your team and that's it and if drafts aren't your thing they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night use promo code radio and underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to 100 in bonus cash deposit 100 Get $100 free. That's promo code radio. Terms and conditions apply. So everybody's hurting in some capacity. And if we're talking about players thinking they're going to get, you know, if we're going to follow Trevor Bauer's vlog, talking about his free agency tribulations and how difficult life is for everybody. uh, It's a little bit tone deaf to me. Most of the world is suffering. Most people can't make ends meet and they're living paycheck to paycheck, or they don't have a paycheck and they're living off of nothing. So uh, I think you got to put it in perspective a little bit. Um, I think if you're getting over 20 million a year over the course of four years and the fifth year is hanging you up, even though you've been the team MVP for the last two seasons, I don't know, man, he's going to be 33 in July. I'm not the age dude. I'm not to say that players shouldn't be fighting for what they think they're worth for, but is that not a good offer? I, I thought I, we predicted four for 80 to 88 million. I, I don't know how that's not, I don't know how that's not fair, but that's where we're at. We're going to be at a standoff for a while, it seems. Now DJ's engaging with other teams. Of course, the Red Sox are one of them because we have to make life more difficult. Um, and that's where we're at. And I'm, I'm mad at everybody, and, and I don't want anybody to have a good time now. Really no. don't. No, no, no. Uh, it, just, it is hard for me to believe, though, that, like, that, that A, DJ's team was not already re-engaging with other teams before now. I, I yeah. guess the Jeff Passan update from late in the week um, – 
sort of gave me gave me a little hope about this situation resolving itself quickly before all of that sort of dissipated back into you know the this long extended waiting period on Sunday night when when this report came out. Passon basically said, I don't view the Dodgers as a threat at all. I don't think they're going to climb anywhere near the range that the Yankees have already promised in this you know offer that is not good enough for LeMayhew. So if that's not good enough, then the Dodgers offer won't be good enough either. And the only impediment to him re-signing with the Yankees was the Yankees bothering him so much that he was just willing to take a similarly high offer elsewhere. Um, well, now we are, uh, apparently, if we are to believe this, we are at the Yankees have bothered him stage. We're not at the level where he's breaking talks off and will never return, but we are at the level where, you know, his camp is annoyed. Now, is it him or is it his camp? That I don't know. And I do yeah. know that his agent represents other middle infielders uh, who, who would like to see this market get unjammed a little bit. DJ LeMay, he was holding up the Yankees plans. He's also holding up the rest of Major League Baseball. Um, there are a lot of people who need to get signed. Didi Gregorius, Marcus Simeon, Angelton Simmons, lower on the totem pole guys behind LeMahieu in the middle infield that other teams are going to have to pivot to, but not until the high dollar teams get their LeMahieu situation sorted. So if I'm LeMahieu's agent, I completely understand why I'm annoyed. If I'm the Yankees, I understand why I, I'm also bothered at this latest report that there's friction. Uh, I, I, if I'm the Yankees, I don't understand why I have to up my offer when nobody else has. And if a fifth year is the only sticking point, like if the Yankees early in the offseason said, totally hear you, we're stuck at 484, we don't want to give you a fifth-year security, we think that's too much this offseason, but go around, check in with anybody. If somebody else wants to give you a fifth year, let us know. We will see what we can do. Um, and, I, and I, you know, the fact that he's re-engaging with teams now makes it pretty clear that I don't think anybody's offered him a fifth year. I don't think anyone's even hinted they're going to do that, and I don't think they will in this latest round of talks. Because the Yankees uh, apparently have this offer on the table, uh, four years, you know, 84-ish. Um, and that's, to me, that seems like a, a, pretty, a pretty good offer, um, especially if you add, if, if this gets the Yankees to add a fifth-year option into it and ends the discussions entirely, then that's great. I, I can't name a team in the process that's going to suddenly offer a fifth-year for G.J. LeMahieu if they haven't yet. The, the Dodgers, Blue Jays, and Mets are still the only teams really mentioned. Obviously, he's calling back the Braves, Red Sox, and Cardinals. Supposedly, I don't think, I don't think any of those teams are going to go from zero to five years. That seems extremely unlikely to me. Uh, but they are, you know, you you put the Red Sox in there if you want leverage with the Yankees. That, mm -hmm. That's a time honored tradition. Uh, Bernie Williams got close to jumping ship in '99, and I believe that 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 he was legitimately close to signing a high dollar offer with the Red Sox before George Steinbrenner stepped up. And maybe didn't match it, but at least showed him that he was going to be somewhat loyal to the person that had carried him to the World Series these past few years. That is that is still disturbing to me, though. Honestly, I I understand the slow play. I understand the Yankees not wanting to outbid themselves, but there is an element of we take care of our own here, uh, Springsteen style, where um, at, at a certain point, if if DJ's not budging at four years, eighty four, which which does sound to me viable in this market. Uh, but if he's not budging there and he's still interested in this Josh Donaldson four years, 92 contract, then I'm sorry. I understand not bidding against yourself, but I don't understand losing him. I, I do not understand losing him in an off season where Lindor is gone. Trevor story is a pipe dream. Javier Baez is not on the market. Carlos Correa is not leaving Houston. And, and then Corey Seager. I mean, you, you can't lose him. So is there really a difference is there truly, honestly, a difference in in a non-analyst world? Like, step back, take your hat off, 
Stop thinking about, uh, you know, stop thinking about maximizing your cap space. By the way, there's no cap. So there's no cap space. Stop thinking about maximizing your payroll efficiency. Is there really a difference between four years, 84 and four years, 92? Really? Million. $2 million a year. That's a difference that we have to, we have to, we have to cut talks off. We have to decide we don't want to reward a, a face of the franchise who's claimed he wants to come back to the Bronx because of $2 million per year. At that point, you have to look yourself in the face and say, we don't have to give him a fifth year, but is it really worth it to be sticklers over this Josh Donaldson type deal when they could really offer that in one second? I think that if, if that, if that's what it came down to, to finish the deal, it's hard for me to believe that the Yankees would be this stubborn and they wouldn't just up the offer $8 million and, and call it a day. I understand the hesitation with the fifth year and adding $24 million that doesn't make things complicated, but you have to remember a lot of things to focus on over the next couple of years. We have Gary Sanchez's future in limbo after this season, depending on how he performs. We have Aaron judge hitting free agency after 2022 uh, Glaber Torres, depending on how he performs uh, next season, We'll probably need the, it would it would be in the Yankees best interest to sign him through their arbitration years if they view him a, a part of the future. And there's no reason why he shouldn't do that. You know, not not saying he deserves Tatis money, but look what the Padres are doing. They're already looking at a 10 year deal for Tatis. And it's a smart thing to do. You pay the man early. You save yourself money in the long run. And that's that's the way you got to do it. Clint Frazier, another guy who has quickly established himself as kind of a very important player. If he has another good 2021, then we're talking about that. Luke Voigt, Gio Urshela, the list goes on and on. So I understand the Yankees' hesitation from a financial perspective because they have so many other soon-to-be commitments that are – or decisions to make, or some of these guys have to get traded, but you want this core intact for at least the next two years while you have these guys under contract where they can't go anywhere. That That's the, that's the, that's the smart thing here. These guys can't go anywhere for the next two years, so – It'd be smart to get DJ under contract as soon as possible and then worry about all the other problems later. Like I said, for the millionth time, if you're so, so concerned, because the fifth year to me, cool. Like, you know, worry about that five years down the road when just Giancarlo Stanton and Garrett Cole are under contract on the books and you're paying those three guys and that's it. If we're going to look at everybody leaving, by the time that fifth year comes by, those are the only three guys under contract aside from whoever's under arbitration. But if you are smart you just tinker with the financials a little bit backload the deal give him a smaller base salary this year avoid the luxury tax in the near term and then figure it out all later i don't know why this is so complicated i don't think we should know more and we probably don't than what's going on upstairs but it just continually feels like there are simple solutions and it feels like both parties in some capacity i blame the yankees more because they're the, they're the billionaires here and they they carry a greater responsibility someone's trying to make a point and I, and I really don't like it because this is it shouldn't be about making points or taking a stand it should just be about making it work because it's, it's fairly simple this isn't rocket science it, both parties need each other and the, the window is now so to create more drama and create more speculation where there doesn't need to be is irresponsible on so many levels yeah, the goal is to contend annually, but more importantly, the goal is to, to win championships. Um, so, it, you know, if, if the 2028 Yankees are kind of are bad because they're stuck with his Garrett Cole money and DJ's final fifth year, 
you know, uh, sorry. I mean, that's the math there is completely off because I'm, <laughs> because I'm tired and bored, but, but if the Yankees, if the Yankees are bad for one year, five years from now and get a better draft pick and are able to reload and rebound, that's actually okay. If they've maximized the next two years of their extremely important window and won at least one ring in those two years. Um, I'm just at the point where I have to say um, I'm not here to tell anyone, anyone at any point when they should feel disrespected and neither is any fan. If DJ LeMahieu does feel disrespected by the way the Yankees have treated this, then I have to believe him. Um, we can only agree with the Yankees slow play strategy until it fails, at which point it's a failure. Uh, we are going to be right back. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to keep talking about DJ LeMahieu. This is the DJ LeMahieu spectacular. We're not pivoting. Uh, so stick around. Welcome back to the Yanks Go Yard podcast. We're talking DJ LeMahieu. So th the other thing, and the other thing, we could say the other thing for seven years. Um, you know, the, the alternative to DJ LeMahieu right now, right? What is it? Um, it's it's Trevor's story, really, or, or semi-bust, right? It's it's almost just a Trevor story trade uh, because you do want to maximize that window, like we were talking about, shifting Glaber Torres to second base. Um, it's it's a Trevor story trade more so than it is a Trevor story signing, right? So if the Yankees are being such financial geniuses and being so careful and refusing to pay DJ LeMahieu uh, the the extra two million dollars per year so that they can pay Trevor story twice. That's preferable. That that's better business. You know, trade assets for Trevor Story and then pay Trevor Story next offseason. What is presumably double DJ LeMahieu's you know requested set. Story's gonna go for like eight years, two hundred seventy million dollars. I'm sorry to say, yeah. you've got Glaber Torres uh, waking up to this DJ news today, tweeting, you know, not yet really with the like head exploding emoji and the confused guy and the sleeping guy. It seems like even down to Tor Torres, is Torres has willingly acknowledged this entire time uh, that LeMahieu sort of feels inevitable, but why hasn't it happened yet? And it's safe to be annoyed by it. I think that's where I am too. It, it still feels like he'll return, but I'm not here to tell him when he's being disrespected. I I'm not here to be Mr. Nightmare, but what if he does feel disrespected and the Yankees offer remains the highest throughout the process and he still doesn't take it? Uh, clearly, you know, they have the highest offer right now and he hasn't taken it yet. So it's still not satisfactory. And for someone who wanted to return to the Yankees, we've been told that all along his stated preference is to return to the team and the team's stated preference is he's their number one target. So if the offer on the table isn't enough to get it done and it never moves, then I, I understand him feeling disrespected. And it, even if he's not disrespected by the larger metric, it's what he feels, you know? Yeah, I don't want to peddle any conspiracies here, but if we're talking about a difference of $2 million per year and the Yankees theoretically don't want to pay that, doesn't that make you feel that all of the kind of critical commentary, at least out of Brian Cashman's mouth about Glaber Torres, means that the team kind of wants him to shift back over to second base and then they'll figure something out at shortstop? I don't, I don't know, but if we're talking $2 million a year, $2 million a year is, is, you know, uh, probably 15 beers at Yankee stadium. So they'll make the sales back whenever fans are allowed back in the stands. Yeah. I think um, I paid them $2 million in 2019. <laughs> yeah. So blue point, a couple of blue point uh, pints that, that that's it. Um, but if we're looking at it through that lens and we have the evidence of Cashman very much not giving labor tours a vote of confidence. So 
They gave LeMahieu an offer that was fair on paper, you know, from, from our, our perspective, because, you know, well, we're never going to see a million dollars in our life, but you're looking like, oh, $20 million, pretty, pretty damn good. You know, you got to take that. They know that his market, at least he's fighting for more. So they offer something through a report, which we still don't know is true, that is seemingly good from, you know, most parties. Oh, that's fair. That, that's okay. DJ's not satisfied with it. Great. So the other options are go the fifth year or go another $10 million or $8 million total and you have the deal. And apparently they don't want to do that. So that makes me wonder if they don't want to pay, give him more money or the fifth year because they don't really entirely want to have him at second base because then that's going to trap Glaber at shortstop. And then what are their options? Uh, we talked about this. We, we talked about all these other floundering. We, we, how many times do we look forward to the 2022 class? And it's slowly becoming not good. As you mentioned before, Correa is, was never a Yankees target. So throw him out the window. He was nope, never goodbye. coming to the Bronx the, in, under any circumstance, even as a free agent. So th- th- that leaves us four. Lindor. Was I also don't, I, I also don't want Correa like yeah, not for nothing. I don't it, want him it, either. It should be fun to root for your team. Some of the emotion rooted in this is just, I like DJ LeMahieu. I want him on the roster. I yeah. don't want Carlos Correa on the roster. Goodbye. Correct. It's that easy. Baseball's fandom. I know. I don't need someone popping a rib during an at-home massage either. Like it's no. the last thing that I need. <laughs> Lindor traded to the Mets. They're going to work on an extension. Steve Cohen, $14 billion would be an idiot to not extend him regardless of what the asking price is. That's a franchise player. You just set yourselves up. You got him at a discount in a trade. It's done. Yankees are not getting Francisco Lindor. Corey Seager, Jeff Passing came out and said the other day that he would bet his entire salary that he's the starting shortstop in 2022. Seager also entering a contract year. The Dodgers and him are going to figure this out. I know Scott Boris is his agent. He's probably not going to sign an extension, but it's going to come down to it where the Dodgers are going to favor continuity and the familiarity, and Seager's a great fit with that team. I know it's a dream scenario for Yankees fans, and I would love it too if push came to shove and crap happened and we weren't able to you know, figure out our infield. I'd throw the book at Corey Seager and, and, and give him whatever he wanted. Probably not going to happen. Then you look at Javier Baez. That's the only player that the Cubs are interested in signing long-term. Everybody else is on the table in trades. Everybody else is going to walk in free agency if it comes down to that. That team and that organization and the Ricketts have made their priorities very clear. And we know probably you can't let Javier Baez go if you're choosing one person out of that entire roster. And then you look at Trevor Story, who the Rockies are unlikely to trade unless they're blown away in an offer, which we've seen a million times. Bud Black came out and said that this is the 2021, that the, uh, him and Arenado are going to be on uh, the team 2021 opening day. So that's enough evidence to tell you that at the very least, the best case scenario is Story hitting free agency. Most of these other guys not. And then you're stuck getting in a bidding war for Trevor story when the market has, I guess, more so corrected itself and shortstop is a much greater need than second base. Uh, and you're, if the Yankees don't want to bid right now for anybody, because it's clear that they're not spending money on anybody, then why are they going to want to get into a 250 million plus extension situation with Trevor story? And it, it's just too much of a risk. Because then your options are go stopgap option with shortstop this year because you're probably not going to trade for him unless you want to blow your prospect capital. I don't know. It's just all weird to me, and it makes me feel that if they're not willing to go the extra $2 million, they have some other grander plan in mind, or they don't, or they just want to save money. Um, and it's hurting the team either way because it's a big question mark, even if you're going to go in another direction 
without LeMahieu, um, because the options are you, you, you have a one in five chance of doing something momentous here. And it's probably not going to happen for another year. And you have to, you have to set the tone in 2021. So that's, that's kind of the, that's kind of the weird vibe that I'm getting. If this report is true, if LeMayu is sticking his, you know, digging his heels into the sand and the, and if there is a difference of $2 million that the Yankees aren't willing to pay, that, that makes me feel like they're trying to make him look bad in some capacity. And they're either trying to get him for cheaper or they view a scenario in which him walking is beneficial to them, which I don't believe is beneficial. Yeah. That's been the dirty little secret. I feel like all along, but Mm -hmm. Lindor getting traded sort of blows that out of the water. And at this point it's, you know, they've waited through the, the, the best shortstop target is now gone. Um, Whether you wanted him or not. Um, I'm not trading David Garcia and Clark Schmidt for Trevor story on the 2021 Yankees. I'm sorry. I'm not doing that. Um, I, I would theoretically sign Trevor story next off season in a nightmare scenario where they let LeMahieu walk. Uh, but the 2021 Yankees are worse with Glaber Torres and Andrelton Simmons than they are with Glaber Torres and DJ LeMahieu. Uh, there's a pretty good chance there'll be a work stoppage next offseason, uh, which nobody's really mentioning. So there's a there's a pretty good chance that if the Yankees were to let LeMahieu walk here, that they would fill shortstop with some sort of stopgap or keep Glaber at shortstop and sign Colton Wong at second, which makes you know next to no sense. Use the extra money for pitching upgrades. Well, the pitching upgrades on the market outside of Trevor Bauer aren't really upgrades at all. They're mid-rotation starters like Jake Odorizzi. Uh, the real upgrades are on the trade market like Luis Castillo. So the Yankees are, are, are pretty much, they're, they're worse this season unless they trade serious capital for story in pretty much any way I can math it out. And then they, they might not have a next season. So the, the two-year window becomes all the more important to maximize when you realize that it really might just be one year. Uh, the final question I have, um, and by the way, I do feel like this needs to be said, you can analyze and you can adjust the numbers and you can you know, speculate all you want. You can hurt your brain trying to tie it into a pretzel, trying to figure out why it's actually better to spend less money for worse players. Uh, I like DJ LeMahieu. I want to watch him play baseball for my yeah. team. Uh, is it, is it it fair to just come to that conclusion? Watching him operate every day has been an extremely pleasant experience for me. Uh, it's made my team a lot better. Uh, Aaron judge is the Yankees, you know, most important best player. I understand it. He's rarely on the field. DJ LeMahieu is always on the field. It's been a joy to watch him operate. Uh, and he has been the difference. Uh, you know, I think it's fair to, to find a middle ground. I'm not saying he is the greatest baseball player in modern history, uh, a lot of people exaggerate on Twitter. It's fair to be annoyed by people, you know, throwing statistical arguments out the window and saying DJ LeMay is the best hair I've ever seen. Most important player of a generation. I understand being annoyed by the hyperbole, but I like watching him play baseball. And at a certain point, I'm going to operate emotionally in this process because I want him back because I quite simply want DJ LeMahieu on the field and I want to stop kicking the can to the 2022 offseason when someone else who I don't know yet and don't have an opinion on might be available. Now, the last thing I do want to touch on um, in terms of re-engaging with the teams that have already sort of spoken and at least registered their interest with LeMahieu's camp, I think we're in agreement that nobody is going to pay him for five years. Um, it hasn't happened yet. If it was going to happen, we would, I don't think any team was on the borderline either. I don't think there was a team on the market that isn't the Yankees. That was like, he's probably going to the Yankees, but if he wasn't, we'd offer him that fifth year immediately. Like, I don't, I don't think that team exists, but a kind of team that might exist, uh, a team like the Red Sox, a team like the Braves, a team like the Blue Jays and Dodgers, 
Um, there will probably be no offseason like the 2020-2021 offseason, uh, except for maybe next offseason if the season starts with uh, very few fans in the stands again or a work stoppage happens after this season. The next, This offseason and the next offseason might be the two worst that we ever see probably in terms of being contentious in terms of players, not getting what they're owed or what they're due or teams being unwilling to meet even the smallest demands. Does a team like the Dodgers or blue Jays or Mets or even Red Sox, Braves and Cardinals say to DJ LeMahieu, we are, we are not going to give you the five years of security, unfortunately, but we are going to remind you that you are never going to see an offseason quite this dull, angry, contentious, or boring ever again. How about coming to play for us for two years and $50 million? We'll buy out the next two awful dregs off seasons. We're going to buy them out for you. We're going to give you 25 annually for two or maybe even three years. We're going to overpay when no one else is willing to. You'll hit free agency again at the age of 35, younger than Justin Turner, 34 or 35. And when you hit free agency, you're going to be hitting it in the roaring 20s, buddy. It's going to be boom times. It's going to be a completely different atmosphere. Teams are going to be focused on winning again. Teams are going to give players what they're owed. You're going to be coming into free agency on the other side of contentious negotiations between the Players Association and Major League Baseball. You're going to be taken care of. There's going to be a different world the next time you hit free agency. Who cares if you're 34? You're going to get four years at that point, and you're going to get the same average annual value you're talking about now. So come to us. Be an MVP candidate for two more years. You just came out of a two-year $24 million deal. How juicy does a two-year $50 million deal sound to you? Um, do you think there's any team that'd be willing to do that? Because I, I'm not sure, and I, I feel like the answer is no, because every team is currently locked in salary hell. But man, I'm not worried about a fifth year. I'm not worried about somebody coming in with five. I am worried about somebody coming in with a mega-sized two-year deal and saying, on the other side of this, the world is going to be different. So why not stick it to the Yankees? I see that perspective. I just don't. I, I think they'd have to go higher than 25. If he wants this Donaldson deal, that's 23 million a year. And if you're going shorter, you got to go 30. And the problem with doing these high salaried short-term deals at the moment is because of these teams are pressed up against the luxury tax threshold. I'm not entirely sure. Well, the, the Blue Jays are not, but the Blue Jays window is not for two years. So the only thing that the Blue Jays would be doing would be creating a disservice for the Yankees. Same with the Red Sox. The Red Sox are not contending in the next two years. I think the Braves and the Dodgers uh, would be best suited to do this. But then for the Braves, you're displacing one of their other dudes uh, in the infield. You're not, you know, Ozzie Albies is totally fine where he is. I don't think you pay. They got him under the most team-friendly contract, I think, in Major League Baseball. Uh, so I don't think you want to tip the scales there and throw a bunch of money at LeMahieu. I'm worried about the Dodgers, but the Dodgers are in the same spot. The Dodgers have spent not a whole lot of money, but they spent enough money where they're getting closer toward the threshold and they don't want to be at the threshold. They don't want to have to pay the extra money, even though they're coming off a world series winning season. Um, I think it's going to be, I think it's longevity and security for LeMahieu uh, because you don't know what's going to happen in the short term. He could have, like we've said with baseball a million times, it's what have you done for me lately? We've seen people's trade value skyrocket in six weeks Guys who have no guys who've had 
five bad years at the MLB level and then discover their stuff for two months and then all of a sudden they're getting trade for, traded for top. Roll with Coda and roll on over to our digital fare management system that lets you digitize dollars and save money every time you ride. Never pay more than $4.50 a day or $62 a month, no matter how many times you ride. Learn more at Coda.com forward slash transit app. 10 prospects. We see people who have been great for five years and then fall off a cliff in year six. And all of a sudden they're getting traded for a sack of potatoes. DJ doesn't want to have to deal with that in free agency again, in the event that he doesn't have a good season or he happens to get injured. We've seen countless times how many, how players, their value just plummets when they miss time due to injury. And it's not going to change for DJ, especially if he's aging. If he's getting older, I know still, if he's younger than Justin Turner at that point, he could still get a bigger deal. It sounds a little bit enticing, but I'm not, I would only be worried about the Dodgers, I guess, willing to go way over the luxury tax threshold and giving him, you know, between 30 and 35 million for, for two years, because that's what I think that's the price that I think he'll have to be had at. Um, and like we said, I don't think he's going to fully stick it to the Yankees and take a discount elsewhere unless it's with a team like the Dodgers and unless the money is comparable, which we haven't really seen. At the end of the day, what you just mentioned before, this is about morale. You don't want to screw with the fan base's morale. Everybody loves DJ LeMahieu. There's a certain sect of people out there. We really don't need to drop any names uh, who feel that he's not essential to this team. I understand the 2017 and 2018 Yankees were very good and they didn't have him, but they also had many other pieces that the 2019 and the 2020 Yankees do not have. They had a lot more veteran, they had a lot more, uh, veteran presence. They had a lot more influential voices. They had a lot more glue guys that this team does not have. And DJ is kind of both of those. I know he's more quiet and stoic than he is, you know, compared to uh, Todd Frazier or Matt Holiday. But his play does all the talking. The, play, the, the, the younger guys love him. We've heard no bad reviews from DJ LeMahieu. And he actually is very successful with runners in scoring position, which is the consistency that this team needs. And the fan base loves him. There is constant. Every time you log on to Twitter as a Yankee fan, you see people saying, oh, when's when are the Yankees announcing DJ? Is this going to happen today? Today's a great day to announce DJ. Let's announce DJ today. It's, you know, January 4th. Seems good. So you see the, the, the discourse is overwhelmingly positive. The, the product in the field is overwhelmingly positive. And to a create more of uh, friction in this scenario, or to potentially have him walk elsewhere and figure something else out, is just it, it would be crushing in so many ways. Because we know even if they did get sorry, he's gonna. It, how many times, aside from I guess aside from Lemayu, no free agent or trade acquisition just comes in and it's it's you hit the ground running. It just never works like that. We've seen teams. We've seen teams sign a plethora of free agents, make you know countless splashes on the trade market, high-profile deals. It takes time for that to mesh and to all that to to come together and result in the product that you want it to. I think if the Yankees get Trevor Story tomorrow, it's gonna be it's gonna be a transitional thing for him. He's used to playing in Colorado. The stakes are a lot lower. It's a hitter's park. I'm not saying he'd be bad. I'm saying there would be a transition period that would the Yankees would suffer from because you're losing DJ's production, which is top notch and consistent and everything you could have ever dreamed of for the construction of this lineup, because everybody else is home run or bust. And then you're integrating another guy. And then you're kind of hurting Glaber Torres confidence by moving him back over to second, because you don't think he could be the shortstop of the future. So I think there's so many other, 
intangible factors that we're not considering here. Um, and I think the fan base morale is of the utmost importance. Yeah. I, I haven't changed my tone here. My tone's just getting louder. I still think DJ LeMahieu's coming back, but I think it's fair to be bothered by the process. Yeah. And I think that's just where I am right now. The process gets more annoying every day. I've never gone through something like this. I never want to go through it again. The slowest offseason in history, the most essential player to last year's roster. Every single Yankee fan, save a select few, admitting that they really don't want to, they just don't want to support a team without DJ LeMahieu on it next year when it seems this possible to bring him back. And yet, we're still stuck in the mud and it's only getting worse. So spare me the takes that that claim I'm being too emotional. It's, it's fair to be emotional about this. I think we all feel this way. If he doesn't come back, we'll, we'll get over it. We will. We will still support the team, but it won't be the same team and it's going to bother us. And I think it's fair to note that. That is it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Glad we had news to talk about. Not happy with this. Uh, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do get your podcasts. Make sure to drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. We'll be more than happy to answer as long as it's about something that is not this. Until next time, I'm Adam Weinrib. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. I'll take all the DJ questions. I want to hear everything you have to say. I want the DJ dissenters. I want the people who don't want him back. And I want to hear more of the argument so I can tell you that you're not smart and you don't really watch that much baseball. But until then, hopefully this resolves itself within the next couple of days. But we'll see you on Wednesday. See you, everybody. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.